Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Streaming live right now in the beautiful FTJ studios. It's your host, Addison, welcoming you to a brand new edition of From the Jump. This is episode 89. If this is your first time listening, this is your first time tapping in. I want to say thank you for the tap in. Thank you for showing us love. Thank you for streaming us right now. It's the livest sports podcast on the web right now. And you already know, man, we got an action-packed field show today. But you know, we got to start off today's show and we got to send our condolences to the Witherspoon family, man. RIP to John Witherspoon, man. If you don't know, Pops, bang, 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 Mr. himself. And again, we'll get to that a little bit later. I'm going to save that segment for the wrap up. But if you have not heard the news, John Witherspoon has passed away at the age of 77. And of course, like I said, on today's show, we got a lot to get into. Got a lot to talk about. Of course, we're talking about Anthony Davis's 40 point game last night and why I actually was not impressed, but. He does deserve a little respect. Shout out to Anthony Davis for that 40-point game last night. Of course, we'll talk about the NCAA up first. Um, and, of course, them you know, now allowing athletes to make likeness, you know, money off their likeness, if you will. And, of course, talk about the NBA. I'm uh, not the NBA. The NFL trade deadline yesterday. Of course, the Jets fiasco. We'll talk Jamal Adams. Of course, we'll talk Le'Veon Bell. What the hell is going on, Joe Douglas? <laughs> what the hell is going on, Joe Douglas, Adam Gase? It's a grease fire right now in the, in the in the New York Jets area. But without further ado, it's from the jump. Let's roll. But of course, starting off today's show, we got to talk about the hot topic right now, and that's the NCAA. Now, of course, the news broke yesterday that the NCAA had voted um, to allow athletes to profit off of their likeness. Now, now this is coming from ESPN. Now, this ESPN was the first ones to report this, and then they said that the board of the NCAA had that they had separate different divisions of college sports to immediately begin figuring out how to update their rule in a way that maintains the distinction between college and professional sports. It says the members said in a release Tuesday that the changes should be made, that all athletes have the same opportunity to make money as other students maintain the priority of the college athlete and experience and also ensure that the rules are transparent focused and forcible and do not create a competitive imbalance it also says the board wants each of its divisions to implement new rules by january of 2021 so of course it wouldn't go into effect this upcoming year which would be 2020 but it'd be the following year which would be 2021 and then it also talks about how um you know michael drake somebody that sits upon that board says we must embrace the change to provide the best possible experience for the college athletes. It also says additionally, flexibility in this area can and must continue to support college sports as a part of this higher education. Of course, basically it goes on to talk about just the college athlete. Now, the main question, of course, everybody says about time, you know, the NCAA owes the athletes. But what I will say is this on the other side of the argument is the fact that I think the NCAA at this point had to come up with this rule. I think the NCAA at this point had to implement this. They understand at this rate in 2019 and about to enter 2020, the athletes of today, the modern athletes of today have more ways to make money than just through the school. But not only that, salaries are on full display. We are going to these stadiums. We're able to see all the things that are happening around these college sports and the very people that are generating those things are not being paid. So now what does this mean for the student athlete? It means that it gives the student athlete that had to go through the NCAA a little power. Now, let's be clear. Those that are basketball players that are able to play two or three or four years that aren't one and done guys, this will give them a chance to make money while they're in college. 
Because let's face it, everybody isn't going to be a Zion Williamson with guaranteed NBA dollars and a guaranteed shoe contract and guaranteed Gatorade endorsements. Everybody isn't going to be that. So as a result, what this now does is it now allows that guy that is a second year or third year guy to make money in the local town, to make money at the school bookstore. Because let's face it, the NCAA has been able to make the NCAA has been able to make money off of kids for a very long time and not have had to pay them. The college coaches, these coaches that coach at these programs are able to change jobs and get new jobs and get different bonuses for winning different games. And the kids get a little something from the, the, the bowl game school shop or, or they get a little stipend check or they get a little financial aid check. OK, let's face it. We understand that some guys are getting money under the table. But in reality of it, Nick Saban should not be able to make more money than two attack of a lower. Because in reality, who's really has the power on the Alabama team? Uh, with that being said, I don't have an issue with this at all. Now, I know a lot of people are saying about time, you know, the NCAA, you know, has been. We understand that, right? We understand that this billion dollar, this billion dollar corporation has been making money off of the backs of athletes for years. We all understand that, right? We all can agree that we've had players jerseys sit in a school store and they weren't able to make any money. We've had players be advertised on video games, such as the cover, such as Tim Tebow, Mark Ingram, Robert Griffin III. I remember they had the NCAA March Madness basketball games. So we've had athletes being taken advantage of in that aspect as far as marketing goes. And above all and everything, we have these booster clubs that are funneling millions upon millions of dollars into these schools to, of course, have the best facilities so that the number one top prospects in the country can't go to these schools. So as a result, the least the NCAA can do is pay the athlete. That's the very least, the bare minimum that they can do is pay the athlete. Now, what a lot of people are going to say is, well, you can't pay everybody the same because, well, the guys, we get that, right? That that argument, of course, and, and I'm sure as it breaks it down, it'll it'll become more intricate. And I'm sure as some way, somehow, every athlete that plays for a college team should be able to be compensated for their services. Because, again, they would not be at that specific school if it weren't for their athletic ability. Travion Martin or whoever, Darius Miller, would it be going to Tennessee or would it be going to Alabama? If, in fact, he was not a five-star recruit and able to run the football or be able to tackle a quarterback. Let's be real. Or Sharif Cooper wouldn't be able to go to Auburn University if, in fact, he wasn't able to dribble a basketball. Now, I'm not taking away his the student side. Again, not taking that away. But let's face it. The reason why he is going to Auburn is because of his athletic talent. Again, this rule actually is going to help the other sports, such as women's college basketball. Because, again, I know they have the WNBA but they're not going to make nearly as much money as a guy would going into the NBA. Women's softball doesn't have a professional league. The women's swim team doesn't have a professional or the women's tennis team. Again, you know, we have solo careers or the, or the women's golf. Same thing for the men's golf or the, or the men's baseball. You know, while they have the MLB, a lot of those guys don't end up going pro because they're just not good enough or they end up getting stuck in the farm system. So by them being able to make money while they are in school off of their name, ultimately, and off of their ability, is a good thing. And again, as, as we all see, uh, the NCAA is a billion dollar corporation. They have a billion dollar business model where, you know, they were able to make money off of the athletes. But nowadays, the athletes are smart enough to understand, such as LaMelo Ball. Well, I don't necessarily have to go to the NCAA to play basketball. I can go overseas and play basketball. 
in the NBA, if I'm good enough, I'll be able to go. As opposed to, let's just say, a football player who has to go to school for three years. Well, let's just say if he happens to blossom to a talent, he should be able to make money off of his name. What if he played two sports? Colin Murray played baseball and football. Again, if you go right now on Clemson's website, Trevor Lawrence's jersey is on the website. Number 16. Doesn't have his name on the back. Now, when he gets to the NFL, his name will be on the back of the jersey. But if you go on the website right now, you can go buy the jersey. and His name isn't on the back. So, again, it just puts more power and it gives just the athletes the ability to make money while they're in school. But switching over from the NCAA over to the NBA, Anthony Davis scored 40 points and gathered 20 rebounds as the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Memphis Grizzlies to take their record to 3-1. and one. Now, Anthony Davis did score a team-high 40 points last night and also gathered 20 rebounds. LeBron James also pitched in with 23 points, 8 assists, and also 2 rebounds. John Morant was also one of the team highs for the Memphis Grizzlies with 16 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. The first 40-20 game for a Lakers since Shaq uh, back in the day. What got into you in that third quarter? Playing hard. Um, want to go out and help my team win and whatever I needed to do. You know, I tried to do it, um, knowing that, you know, we were playing a little flat. Um, you know, the close game, they were playing pretty well, and uh, we needed somebody to just kind of take over, just give us a little energy, and that's all I tried to do. I'm sorry, I wasn't impressed with Anthony Davis's 40-point, 20-rebound game last night. Again, when you go to the free throw line 26 times, I'm sorry, 27 times, and you make 26 of them, that's 26 free points. And again, last night he went out in the second quarter because he had a shoulder injury. Now, what I've been saying about Anthony Davis is this isn't anything new. Now, I know this is new to Laker fans. Laker fans, I guess, have never seen Anthony Davis play before this moment, I guess. Now, apparently, this is their first time getting to see Anthony Davis up close. And it is for a lot of people. Again, he was buried away in New Orleans, and we weren't able to see these points where he would put up 47 and 20. We weren't able to see these monster-like games. But the game last night in particular, the reason why I was not impressed was simply because of the fact that, again, when you shoot 26 of 27 free throws, those are 26 points. So if you really just do the quick math, he technically only scored 14 points last night. And he was 7 for 17 from the field, so it wasn't like he had a great game. Now, I think what the Lakers are going to have to do, and, I, and, I, and it sucks at this point, is they're going to have to put Anthony Davis on a Joel Embiid load management-like situation. Because what you can't have is you can't have Anthony Davis every other night complaining about his shoulder being hurt. Like he was saying last night, as great as he played last night, that his shoulder was hurting him. So that means that his shoulder is technically injured. So, again, he finished the game last night. As I said, he had 20 rebounds last night. He dominated last night. This is a Memphis Grizzly team that is rebuilding. Again, they have John Morant, who was a young point guard, and they're going to have to build around him. They're going to have to find some pieces. They have Jaron Jackson there as well. So they have two, I guess, pieces moving forward. They have their point guard, and they low-key got their big man. But they're going to have to build around them. So nights like last night, they're going to win games. And again, they have a, a three-game rodeo coming up against the San Antonio Spurs, against the Dallas Mavericks, and also against the Chicago Bulls. Now, those two out of the three, one, I believe, is undefeated at this point. I think San Antonio is undefeated, and I believe Dallas has lost a game, and I believe they're 3-1 and one, uh, as of today. So the two games against San Antonio will be a test. I think, the, I'm sorry, not the two games, but the game against San Antonio will be a test, and the game against the Dallas Mavericks will be a test. And also, again, being on the road, at Chicago will be a test as well. So what I like so far from the Los Angeles Lakers is I like the hustle. And I like the fact that LeBron James to this point has not exerted himself in being one of the best players in the league. He's kind of let everybody else kind of fill in the spots. And he's kind of really got Anthony Davis acclimated. And again, last night, what I one thing I will say and what I like about Anthony Davis game 
is what makes him different, I think, from Chris Bosh and also Kevin Love is Anthony Davis can catch it on the block. And he can turn over his shoulder and score. Anthony Davis can put it on the floor and, and put it in the basket. Anthony Davis can also take it coast to coast as well. Chris Bosh didn't have that ability. Chris Bosh was more finesse. Chris Bosh was more perimeter-oriented. Kevin Love, same thing. More finesse, more perimeter-oriented. But with Anthony Davis, barring injury, you can dip it to him down low. He catches it on the block. I mean, he could do, do it so many different ways. He can stretch out again. Anthony Davis is not Kevin Durant. He's not pulling up from 30, but can't hit that shot. So, again, when I look at Anthony Davis' game in regards to the Lakers, so far, so good. Again, Dwight Howard has been playing inspired basketball. And, again, it's early on. So, I don't want to just overpraise the Los Angeles Lakers because I was supposed to talk about them in the last episode, and I didn't. But I, I kind of gave a little shine here. I don't want to overpraise the Los Angeles Lakers. But what they have done is they have – Exceeded my expectations. They have played great. And I think what LeBron James has done is I think he has taken a page out of Kobe Bryant's book. Well, I think when Kobe Bryant had just recently acquired Pau Gasol and when he had got Andrew Bynum, what he did was he made sure that Pau Gasol ate and he also made sure that, that Andrew Bynum ate. And then everybody else around him is going to eat. The Danny Greens are going to find their shot. Avery Bradley, those guys are going to find their shot. So again, what I've seen from this Lakers team defensively, I, I like what I've seen as well. Like I said, Anthony Davis basically swatting everything at the rim. JaVale McGee swatting everything at the rim. But what I also like to see is offensively, and again, once they get Kyle Kuzma back, they will kind of get that third solidified score back in that rotation. They're going to be a nod of nights, you know, when they play the Charlotte Hornets, when they play the Memphis Grizzlies, or when they play the Chicago Bulls coming up. They're going to blow those teams out. But I want to see them when they play the Clippers. Again, when they play the San Antonio Spurs, and when they play the Dallas Mavericks here coming up, I want to be able to see are the Lakers going to be able to put up a challenge against those teams? But again, shout out to Anthony Davis. Had a hell of a game last night, 40 and 20. That's not that's not a, a normal thing. But as I said, the Lakers are going to have to put Anthony Davis on a load management because he just cannot go through an 82-game season and then expect him to be on a championship hunt come playoff time. So the Lakers are going to have a decision that they're going to have to make. But again, Anthony Davis' game last night, the 40 and 20. Shouts out to Anthony Davis, man. Hell of a game. It's Casey Diaz, Gordon Ramsay, handing out samples. Seems like just an okay use of your culinary talents, dude. Yeah, it is smart guy. Almost like having a brand new iPhone, but not pairing it with AT&T. That's true, Gordon Ramsay. Hey, fingers! It's not a buffet. Use the cocktail stick. Use the cocktail Sorry, stick. Get the most from your amazing new iPhone 11 Pro on AT&T, America's fastest network for iPhones. More for your thing. That's our thing. Yep, yep, yep. Good to be back with you after the advertisement break, man. Shout out to all our advertisers and all our sponsors running their advertisements on our podcast. As I said on the advertisement, if you want to start a podcast, anchor.fm, man, anchor.fm slash start. It's free, easy to sign up. And hey, you could possibly earn a couple of dollars on the side just from talking. I'm just saying. But you know, of course, it's a lot of sports news going around right now. Now, apparently a Baker Mayfield got a little testy today with a reporter. Y'all take a listen. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, Tony. Now I get it. I'm going to cut Baker some slack here on this one. At the end of the day, I'm sure them reporters are probably testy. And besides, 
Baker's frustrated. They're two and five right now. They're not winning football games. They just came off an embarrassing loss against the Patriots. Of course, he had his butt fumble moment when he threw the the ball basically at the New England Patriots D lineman. So, like New England, at this point, Baker Mayfield is a little testy, and sometimes those reporters can be asking the same questions to kind of generate the same questions and also to irritate the athletes a little bit. But Baker. You're the starting quarterback. You're the franchise quarterback. Tom Brady isn't walking off of that press conference. Lamar Jackson isn't walking off of that press conference. Deshaun Watson isn't walking off of that press conference. You know, so the elite quarterbacks in this league are not walking off of that press conference. And I think at this point, if Baker wants to hold himself to this elite standard and he wants to feel like he's one of the best in the league, then he can't do things like this and walk off of a press conference after a little reporter gets testy with you. Like, really? Come on, bro. Like, it's not that hard. A.J. Green, Bengals wide receiver, says he wants a new long-term deal or he wants to be let go by the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, apparently, A.J. Green says that he is not into a one-year deal. He wants to either give him a long-term deal by the Cincinnati Bengals or just let go. Now, apparently, A.J. Green, who has not played this season, is, is, is currently in his final year of his four-year $60 million contract with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, currently, the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-8. Um, and apparently, I guess they're saying that AJ Green is scheduled to practice. But if I was AJ Green, I mean, I wouldn't come back to this. This, this is, this is, this is awful right now. But I think AJ Green right now is in a tough spot. I think for AJ Green for so many years, as, as much as we talked about all the thousand yard seasons, all the Pro Bowls. I mean, we could go on about his accolades. I just think he has been the victim of a bad quarterback and ultimately bad organizational plays, bad head coaching. You know, bad up top GM. Bad offensive line, and at the end of the day, being in Cincinnati, he has battled the injury. Green, I hate when I had to see guys like AJ Green basically put into the organization like, either you gonna pay me long term or trade me. New York Jets Pro Bowl safety Jamal Adams is currently in the news now. Apparently, Jamal Adams says that he had met in the GM of the New York Jets last Friday and said that he did not want to be traded. And that he was looking for, of course, to being a New York Jet long term. Where apparently on the trade deadline, there were multiple teams that came out and said that they wanted to trade for Jamal Adams. Now, Jamal Adams made some comments today in the media. I want y'all to take a listen. Man, you know, I woke up Monday morning, and I, you know, I kind of found out through uh, a couple of reliable people that I have a lot of trust in that I was being, you know, shopped around. I hold myself at a high level. You know, the Rams don't, they don't, they don't take calls on Aaron Donald. The Patriots don't take calls on Tom Brady. I mean, that's where I hold myself. Now, after listening to Jamal Adams speak, here's a guy who really seems upset. I mean, here's a guy who was drafted in the first round by the New York Jets. Here's a guy who made the Pro Bowl last year, you know, off of a, off of a rookie season. So, essentially, he's making improvements every year that he's been in the league. Right now, is arguably, you know, still healthy. Has been one of your best players on a horrible New York Jets football team. Because there are a lot of people that want to be good. New York wants to be relevant again. And I believe there isn't enough patience amongst. And again, as Le'Veon Bell said last night on, on Instagram ever so clearly, and of course it's been on Twitter, that there should be patience. Again, you have a first-year head coach in Adam Gase who's trying to get things turned around. You have a second-year quarterback who has missed basically half the season to this point with the kissing thing. And then, like I said, you have a new running back. Offensive line hasn't been healthy this year. Defense has kind of had some issues. So, again, there's a lot of different holes on this New York Jets team that need improvement. However, I felt like the Jets were moving in the right direction. Again, when you draft Sam Darnold, number one. Again, when you go out there and you get Le'Veon Bell at running back, 
you got your quarterback of the future. You got your running back of the future. Now you have to build an offensive line to protect Sam Darnold and also the offensive line to have the ability so that Le'Veon Bell can run the football. That'll open up the deep passing game for Sam Darnold. That'll open up the receivers and allow them to do different things, which will in turn make your defense a lot better because I thought that was one of the, the strong suits of the New York Jets was their defense. I'm your cat. And ever since you brought me home that day, well, I've been plotting to destroy you. Sizing you up, calculating your every move. You think this is love? This is a billion years of tiger DNA just ready to pounce. And if you got the wrong home insurance coverage, you could be coughing up the cash for this. So get all state and be better protected from mayhem, like meow. <laughs> Actor slash comedian John Witherspoon has passed away at the age of 77. As we all know, his memory characters such as Friday, Craig's dad. He played on the Wayne's brother Pops. He also played on Soul Plane. He played on Little Man. And he's played on, of course, various other things. I know most recently he was on Chance the Rapper's album. The song is called, I think, Four Quarters in the Black. It's a skit. So if you listen to it, he's definitely on that um, as most recent. But I think the beauty about John Witherspoon was that he always made us all laugh. I think we all can connect to the pops character from Friday and or uh, the Wayans brother, the you know, the dad, you know, playing on there, being the pops on there as well. Uh, but the one thing I think we always will remember is that scene from Friday when he told Craig to basically put down the gun and put up his hand. Uh, that's not the way it is. You kids today are nothing but punks. Sissified. So quick to pick up a gun. You're scared to take an ass whipping. This one makes you a man. When I was growing up, this was all the protection we needed. You win some, you lose some. But you live, you live to fight another day. But we talked about a lot on today's show. Go follow your boy on all his social media. We are streaming live on all platforms, Apple, Spotify. Uh, we're on iHeartMedia. We're on Podbean. Where else are we at? We're on every single platform podcast are on. So if you are listening to this podcast, we're going to give you a double salute. But it's your host, Addison, episode 89 of From the Jump. We out.